Hello and welcome to Sketch Therapist. It's the podcast that improves your sketch life. In today's episode, I'm going to introduce you to Sketcher Supreme, Paddy Cure. Paddy is my son and he's going to talk to you a little bit about his journey as a sketcher. Enjoy. Before we begin, I just want to apologise a little bit about the sound. So I'm a little bit shrill and shouty and Paddy is measured and a bit quieter than me. And I didn't put the mic close enough to Paddy and probably too close to me. So I do apologise for the unevenness in the audio and I hope you can get past it. And above all, I hope you enjoy it. Ruben, <laughs> hello everybody. I'm here with Paddy, Paddy of the of the podcast, Paddy of the podcast <laughs> of your, Excuse because me. I have uh, I've told you all about Paddy and sketching. So I'm going to introduce you now. We're a little of sixes and sevens because we we recorded a big long segment and didn't the anchor app only give up on us and not work? It didn't record. So Ruben is here. So Ruben will give us moral support. Ruben, won't you? Or he will demand to have his toy thrown incessantly. So there might be a bit of growling in the background, but ignore it if he hears. Over to you, Paddy. Hello. Um. Thank you for having me on on the show. Uh. Yeah. So we did just record a whole half an hour podcast already and it deleted itself and um so here we are again but um you know hopefully hopefully it'll be like a a second draft kind of thing paddy can i ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners please i am paddy i'm uh, 21 i'm the sketch therapist's son (laughs) and because of that i uh i guess sketching has been has um rubbed off on me a bit so I do a bit of sketching and yeah that's why I'm here. Uh, Paddy what do you do when you're not sketching? I am in college I'm doing uh, mechanical engineering Uh, also I'm a sailor and um, there's not much more to me really. (laughs) Uh, How do you feel about about Ruben? How do you feel about dogs in general Paddy? I'm a big fan of dogs like doggies Except when they get in my nerves. <laughs> and uh, and dogs never get in anybody's nerves. Sure they don't. Okay, there's uh, no comment there. There's yeah, no, no comment, comment there. We don't want to alienate all our dog-loving listeners. So we'll just say that Paddy adores dogs, everything about them. And there's never a moment when he doesn't adore dogs. Okay, so today we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, Patty's sketching career and how it's gone so far. So we've been through all this and, um, you know, we, so we've practiced, let's say. So hopefully this is going to be super fantastic and super polished. And the first thing I would like to ask Patty is what does he like about urban sketching? Uh, what I like about urban sketching is. I like how it's it's quite a. It's, it's there's no rules really i like how everything's um up to you as a sketcher you can um like one one example would be if you draw a line in pen and it's wrong and you know it's not gonna you know it's not gonna work and you want to go again you can just draw the the right line over that and ignore the initial line and it works in the final sketch that's what i like about it it's very um it's kind of more about the 
the experience of getting there. Would you say it's um, a forgiving form of art or would you say, well, what would you say? Would you, would you say it's creative or what would you say? <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's forgiving. But that, that's a completely different thing than it being easy to get right. May I ask, do you prefer the sketching or the cakes and coffee that go with it? The cakes and coffee definitely uh, help me get get up and get out. I feel the same. I feel the same. If I was told there was never going to be any coffee and cakes involved in a sketch, I'd say you can keep your sketching. You can take your sketching and you can just wrap it up. Um, no, but it's it's uh, it's certainly one of the one of the great perks that when Paddy and I go for a sketch together, there is always a coffee somewhere in the vicinity and even a little a little a little pastry of some sort. Um, and of course, as we've both found out, they make fabulous sketching subjects too. Paddy, what uh, is your sketching? Um, what's your sketching experience been to date? As in, how long have you been at it? My sketching background. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I've tagged along with you a few times in the past, just randomly over the years, but very uh, spread out. So not, it was never a consistent thing, up until recently, uh, where we started going, you know, going for a sketch every weekend, because uh, I'm away at college during the week, and then I come back in the weekend, and we go off somewhere in town or in some coffee shop usually a coffee shop and this right now I'm actually trying to um to learn a lot and improve rather than just just make it a a thing that I randomly would have done in the past and I've noticed that you don't really um you have less interest in being I suppose guided and given pointers now than you would have been a mere two or three months ago, which is which is pretty amazing because everybody wants to find their own style and do their own thing. Um, and it's that, you know, amazing thing that happens, confidence. So, suddenly one day you wake up and you, th- you think, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's like, even if my sketches haven't changed much, I definitely, I definitely know what to do. And uh, yeah, it's the confidence that kind of changes how you view the whole thing. Um, it kind of, it makes it seem a lot easier in your eyes, even though you're doing the exact same thing you were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you were so worried about at the start. I mean, one of the things I was talking about um, with Paddy earlier today was uh, was okay. Ruben is now Paddy has foolishly kicked way. his ball for him, and now there's going to be a lot of staring at Paddy to kick his ball further. <laughs> okay. Okay, what were you asking? Sorry, sorry, Ruben, you're distracting us. This is a very important podcast. You're distracting us. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. What I was going to say was that um, you don't know what your style is going to be when you start off as a sketcher. You just don't know. And um, I liked, I've always compared it to handwriting, that with handwriting you just convey some kind of meaning to the person who's reading the writing. And it's the same with sketching. You're trying to convey a scene. Well, it's for yourself, really. I suppose handwriting is more to... If unless you're writing little notes for yourself, handwriting is more directly a message to somebody else. Where sketching is kind of for your own pleasure. Although, I suppose the fact that we all like to share what we do means that it is for other people as well. I mean, we're we're social creatures, and we love to we love to tell people what we've been up to and see what other people have been up to as well. But um, would you what would you think about that, Paddy? About I, sharing? Yeah. So I think, <clears throat> I think the the artist does it for themselves. Um, but I think what makes what separates a good artist from someone who just 
would be perceived as bad is a good artist um, knows what looks good and I, that's what I'd say about music as well um, like a, a musician knows how to make something that looks good whereas sounds good. most people uh, can recognize something that sounds good yeah yeah that's 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 very interesting I remember back in the days when I was in art college as a 17 year old and 18 year old um I remember thinking that the people who made extremely ugly work had failed at the first hurdle because nobody wanted to look at it. So I am 100% with Paddy. Very controversial comment there. Um, I remember somebody said to me that uh, one of the, the, the national broadcaster was very much about supporting um, the arts and in particular music, supporting contemporary music um, that, you know, was 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 being made and I think I can't remember what day of the week they broadcast it I think it was a Sunday evening this is back in the day and I remember listening in to this contemporary classical music if you like and it was just horrendous it would it would destroy your ears it would literally you know leave you very upset so I I believe very strongly in aesthetics you know and in, in making a piece of art look beautiful sound beautiful you know just to go back to what I was saying I phrased it wrong so uh, I was saying the difference between what or what makes a good artist, they know how to make something that looks good mm-hmm. in a way that everyone can see that it looks good. And same with music. A good musician knows how to make something that sounds good where everyone can see that it sounds good, but they don't know how to do that themselves. You're talking about, it can be summed up in a simple word, skill. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, skill, exactly. No, it's skill, it's skill. It's, I mean, you can't, you can't expect someone, no matter all the vision in the world to produce something without skill. Although I'm going to say something that's going to completely refute that. I was told many years ago by one of my students, a wonderful woman, a German lady, and she said that there was a girl in her class, was a student in her in her art college, who really wanted to draw portraits and she just couldn't, she couldn't draw. She just couldn't draw. She could not make the eyes and the nose and the mouth turn up in the right place. She just couldn't couldn't draw what she saw but she wasn't going to give up she she persisted and many years later uh, my friend met her and said uh, so what are you doing are you working as an artist and the friend said um, well actually yes I'm a portrait artist and my friend said what you're a portrait artist the most difficult field of art of all but what about the fact that you can't draw and she looked at the the woman's work and she said it was really exquisitely beautiful no it didn't look like the subjects at all but there was a magic to it and something really unique and special to it. So sometimes all the ideas you have for what makes good work and not so good work, you can throw them out the window. Yeah, I don't think I don't think something being realistic makes it good. For sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Necessarily. No, no, I'm I don't think anybody's in disagreement about that. I have no problem with that at all. But this person apparently didn't have any skill. Or my and now I never saw it, so I can't say for sure. But her, 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 my, my, our mutual friend said she could not draw, and I have known people who, let's say in commas, can't draw, but who still do incredible work. So I don't know what the common denominator is that makes work beautiful, whether it's sound or, or something visual. Any thoughts? Yeah, because I've definitely seen uh, some really interesting looking pieces that. Are good for some reason, but I cannot understand why. 
uh, like portraits that don't look realistic. They look like a child drew them, mm. but for some reason, mm. yeah, it just is yeah pleasing to the eye. You know what? I'm going to compare it to an Audi. I love an Audi, an Audi, Ludovico and Audi, because I was trying to think of a musical analogy. And I think pretty much the whole world agrees that an Audi is amazing. But I, I took my father, Paddy Senior, to an, an Audi concert um, back in, my might have been 2015, 2016. And my, my father is crazy about music in, in all its guises. Anyway, I was delighted and very proud to bring him. And uh, I thought, my goodness, my dad's going to be like, oh my God, an Audi. But he wasn't, far from it. He said, uh, sure, all that guy's done is just go plink, plink, plink. Plink, plink, plink. He's just done a simple chord over and over again. So in my dad's eyes, there was no skill. And yet, there was great beauty in it. I can't really say much more than that because I'm not a musicologist and I haven't a clue. So maybe maybe simple chords repeated in it some clever way. It doesn't have to be hugely complex. No, to, no, it doesn't have to be hugely complex. I think that's a great skill to be able to do something simple and still make it look amazing. There you go, there you go. And I think that that definitely applies to art as well. Do something simple and still make it look amazing. So I guess what I try to do as a teacher is iron out all the technical difficulties that you might encounter so that you have huge confidence and so much familiarity with your tools that they become an extension of your of your brain. They become an extension of your brain and they become... There's, it's like there's no interface between you and the product of your brain. Yeah, because you, you need to be able to communicate with the the, the page without being limited yeah. by your yeah by your by your failings your shortcomings by your, by your earthly uh, <laughs> prison. I like it. I like it by the prison. Your earthly your shackles. The shackles that bind you. Yes. To your meat vehicle. <laughs> your meat vehicle. <laughs> yes. What that we were all. Would that we were all ethereal beings with who could conjure up um the image that we want to convey the beautiful leaves on the tree in gold and yellow and and brown that I saw yesterday onto the page without without the uh without the 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 lumpen the lumpen products that are called pen paper water isn't that it Paddy yeah yeah do you think we'll get there <laughs> I think it's good it's something to always aim for well I think. I think in a way, I think in a way, when you are in that in that state of flow, um, that you are as close to that as you're ever going to get when you're when you're when you're sketching, um, and I I, I certainly know what that feels like. Um, when I first started sketching, it would take about maybe, oh, I don't know, could take up to an hour, I suppose, before the state of flow to descend, and the state of flow would be a state where you're not conscious of being too cold, too hot. You're not conscious of, certainly not time. That's the least thing you're conscious of. But you don't need a loo. You don't, you know, you don't feel hunger or thirst. You're just, you're just in a state of being, a state of existence. And it was a wonderful feeling that used to happen. And I used to think, oh my God, this is like meditation. And then the more I sketched, the quicker this trance-like state would descend. And I guess some kind of muscle memory has developed over the years because now I just, um, it just happens automatically. Second I start drawing. Yeah, I guess that comes with time and experience. Yeah, it does, and I think that happens when you iron out the blips along the way. And I, you can, you can compare it to driving, because when you first drive, certainly when I first drove, I would go all red in the face, and I'd be so hassled, and I'd be sweating like mad, because I'd be really, really tense and and worried, you know, about hitting someone, which often happened. 
<laughs> car parks. <laughs> we all, we've all had scrapes in a multi-story. I certainly have. But um, but after a while, and you can't, you and you have to tell your kids to be quiet. I'm, I'm driving this kind of thing. But um, and you need to concentrate. But time goes on, and you can chat, and you can do everything when you're driving. So muscle memory, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a difficult thing to um. To get get right, I don't think you'll ever get it fully right. Yeah, it's true. There's always there's always some kind of there's always some kind of hiccup in the way on the along the way, um, but it does seem to be a deeply a deep desire of humans to express their creativity in whatever way, whether it's music or whether it's. <coughs> Thank you, Ribbon. <laughs> Patty just Patty just removed him from his 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 gaze, and Ribbon. D- Ruben growls at Paddy when Paddy does that. He doesn't growl at me, sure you don't. He doesn't growl at me, but he does growl at Paddy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, and talking of driving, Paddy has his driving test coming up later in the week. Um, are you looking forward to it, Paddy? Yes. Okay, I'm not, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into the mindset of it's a chance to perform and to uh, achieve perfection. Mm. Well, that's good. That's a good way to look at it. And are you confident? Do you reckon you'll get it first time? I think I definitely can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen. Including wearing your glasses, because I have a funny feeling it's against the law not to wear your glasses when, you're, when, you're, when your driving licence says you're supposed to. So you better practice with your glasses, Paddy, might I suggest? I, I don't think so, because you see, if I put on glasses now, driving's going to be a whole different... Uh, it's going to be like a whole new... No, it's you know. not. You're going to be able to see the flipping road signs, Paddy. That's the only difference. Well... I don't think you really need to see anything except that's right outside your your vehicle. So can we suggest that the the driving examiner doesn't listen to this particular section because I don't think it's going to go well for Patty. So if you're the driving tester for next week, I won't say what day, okay, or what county or what town, okay. In fact, it's happening in France, and uh, he's called. Patrick, <laughs> he's not called Paddy or anything like that. So definitely not the person that you're thinking of. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, maybe don't it's listen. It's not admissible in a driving test. <laughs> That's right. It's not It's not admissible in a, in a driving test or in a court of law. Well, thank you, Paddy. That was very enlightening. And I love hearing your thoughts on creativity. And uh, and I think that we both can agree that sketching is great and it's fun and everything, but it goes much, much deeper than that. It's it's about expressing yourself and just, I don't know, turning your brain off and uh, letting the, the creativity flow. Yeah, it's like a state. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to an end of this particular segment. And I hope you've enjoyed meeting my very dear son, Paddy, and fellow sketcher, fellow urban sketcher. Thanks for having me, Doc. (laughs) Well, you know, during the week, I keep my eyes open to see what I can find in terms of a subject to bring to my students for class. Um, Every now and then I see something that I know I'm not going to bring to class because it's not going to be of any particular interest or use for them and that's what happened when I was in the shops there a while back and I saw I wanted to buy a bottle of wine and I saw this amazing bottle with a skeleton on the label and the brand was 19 crimes Um, and I thought oh my goodness this looks really really cool and it wasn't too expensive and I bought it Um, and I really enjoyed it and um, thought the label was fantastic and my husband said it tasted like Ribena and he didn't drink it so I ended up drinking the whole bottle myself. 
Not all at once, I hasten to add. Um, anyway, so I made a mental note to sketch it because I thought it was really gorgeous and really cool. The skeleton label was what attracted me to it. And instead of adding the bottle to the great big pile of uh, of bottles on the way to the bottle bank, I decided, to, you know, I just left it out and I kept thinking, right, I, I must do that, I must do that, I must do that. And eventually I said, OK, OK, I'll do it now. And I took it out and I thought, mm, I'll find another bottle to go with it. And I had another bottle that had, um, it's called, it's by Coolaburra and it's got a picture of a convict on the front of it. And it's called, he saw, the, the wine, the name of the wine is The Reprobates. So this man apparently is a reprobate and he was transported to Australia where maybe he got involved in the wine trade and set up Coolaburra. I don't know. But it, the the two labels looked very good side by side because the 19 Crimes is also about convicts going to Australia and getting involved in the uh, vinticulture. <laughs> I can't remember the name. Vinicul- oh, I can't remember. Vin- you know the word I'm looking for. Vinculture, whatever it's called. Fitty, fitty culture, fitty culture. Anyway, winemaking. So I, just, I put the two bottles side by side and to my joy and delight, they did more than make a pleasant composition left standing there side by side but the one with the skeleton the 19 crimes bottle was frosted glass and the reprobates one was sparkly glass but other than that they were a similar shade of green um you know that lovely olive green that they have for wine bottles so i thought why don't i why don't i do this and then i'll be able to show the difference between frosted glass and sparkly glass and that is what turned out i turned out to do it was really good so well, let me tell you how you get the difference between frosted glass and sparkly glass. And this applies to anything. It could apply to brushed steel and really, really shiny high gloss stainless steel. Or it could apply to like a satin finish on ceramic and a really glossy finish on ceramic. So there's tons of applications that this would be useful for. And in fact, one of those clever students in the class uh, suggested that it would be perfect if you were doing Christmas baubles. You could do a really, really high glossy one and a really um, dull one and uh, a really frosted one. And it would look really good together. So the difference is that you will, um, when you draw a border of high, around a highlight on a sparkly object, when, you, I, when you're drawing a highlight, I often recommend you take a thin little nib and you make an outline of the border. And that way, it's just to remind yourself, do not, whatever you do, straight, let your brush stray over the border um, when you're painting it. Because if you do, you'll kill the highlight. And in fact, one of my students in class yesterday, she said that she really, really struggles. She finds it very impossible to... Um, to to not to resist the temptation to paint over a highlight and I said well look you know if you want something to be highlighting sparkly you really do have to resist the temptation so you know don't don't paint over them um so a little border done in a very thin pen is a very very good way to remind yourself not to paint over it however conversely when you're doing the highlight on a frosted glass uh, surface because it's very important that the um, border of the highlight blends seamlessly and imperceptibly into the uh, color of the glass around it well it's important not to make a pen line around the border of the highlight so what i did was i took a dilute paint color um, i used the same paint color as the glass so a very dilute olive green and i made little circles for the uh, shapes of the highlights on the bottle, you know, the roundy bit at the top before it meets the neck. And then I painted in the the, the, the colour of the glass around it. 
And then I gave it time not to dry, but just to settle in a little bit. And then I washed my brush thoroughly. Wash, 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 splash, splash, splash. Gave it a good wiping, thorough, thorough wiping on the edge of the pot of water. And then when it, the brush is barely damp, I went over the border between the paint and the white. Just the border now, leaving most of the highlight white so that the um, border of the highlight the border of the paint meeting the highlight is really, really soft. It's really, really soft and diffuse. And then I let it dry and then I repeated the process, but this time widening the circle out a bit so that it goes from slightly darker colour to slightly lighter colour and then hits white in the middle. So that's what I did and it worked really, really well. And then when that was all dry, I just built up some of the darker bits of um, glass colour on the bottle. And conversely, for the sparkly one, I drew out the shapes of the um, highlights with my pen and built up the colour little by little around those highlights. And what's very interesting to me, if you look at the sketch in the um, that in the illustration for the episode, you might notice that, well, because they were side by side in the exact same place and drawn at the same moment, um, they are obviously reflecting the same lights that were pointing at them in my studio. So you can see the lights of my two flood lamps on either side. And you can see the lights from the ceiling and you can see the big light on the left of each bottle of my actual door to my studio shining on them. Um, but the the presentation of each of these sparkly bits of light is very different on the frosted glass and on the sparkly glass. So that's your tip for frosted glass and highlight and, uh, sp- and sparkly glass. Now, um, as regards the labels themselves, well, to my great joy and excitement, the 19 Crimes uh, label, the skeleton on him, on it he glows in the dark and you wouldn't know this unless you happen to be starting to paint in a gloomy room because um it doesn't say anywhere on the bottle give your friends a spooky fright but with this bottle um it doesn't say that anywhere at least not that i have discovered so far so that that was that's really fun and i actually wanted to do i wanted to show my students in class how the skeleton spark uh, glowed in the dark i shut all my blinds and i turned off all the lights but unfortunately unfortunately um, it didn't work because probably the light shining from the computer onto the bottle when I held it up in front of the screen, it just didn't glow. So sorry about that. I might try and take a picture of again. You've talking again, the problem with the light. I might try, I might try. Um, so, but it was a really, really fun class and the students all did their skeletons and they did the reprobates on their bottles and they did the lettering and it was really fun. They did amazing work. They did amazing work. And I loved seeing all the variety of the um of their their different versions of the reprobate convict and the skeleton um and by the yeah viticulture i think that's what it is viticulture and by the way you can buy the class it's probably up on my website by the time you're listening to this um you can buy it for six quid six euros that is or you can become a member um i have three tiers of membership now very exciting i have um the vip membership for my very important painters and you get access to all the live classes but you get 20 percent off all the archived classes making them pretty good value um for a 90 minute class um that you can watch at your leisure and pause when things get too fast um but if you go for the deluxe option then you can pay a little bit more per month and you can have all the archived classes included with your membership, which is pretty cool. Now, I have added an extra tier. It's called uh, VIP, very important painters, private, private, no less. And that means that you will get an hour one and one with me once a month and you can discuss anything you like. Um, we can maybe go sketching together in inverted commas um, or you can talk about your own way forward as a sketcher. Um, or whatever you want, like it's completely open. Um, and there's only a couple of spots available every month because 
obviously one's time is not infinite. But anyway, all that aside, I just wanted to tell you about frosted glass versus sparkly glass versus frosted Christmas bauble versus sparkly Christmas bauble and all your pottery applications and all the other things that you might want to do as well. So, uh, and a fun thing to do, just one of those small technical things that ends up looking really cool, I think. And uh, as I say, a lot of fun to do. So get your bottles. Oh, and by the way, my piece of advice to you is buy your bottles of wine based on the label, based on the label. Um, and I'm going to do that today, actually. I'm going to go and find a really cool label somewhere and I'm going to, I'm going to draw it and I'm going to add it into my little page of wine label sketches in my sketchbook. Yeah. Well, next next week I'm off to Clermont-Ferrand um, to partake in the, um, well, I'm not going to exactly partake in the rendezvous Carnet de Voyage. I'm going to, um, I'm going to watch it. I'm not, I'm not actually partaking in it in the sense of exhibiting any sketchbooks this year. I'm going to watch it and I'm very excited, not just because Clermont-Ferrand is a wonderful part of the world. I just adore it. And not just because I have wonderful friends who live in Clermont-Ferrand um, and not just because I have wonderful friends who are coming to visit it as well, with whom I will um, with whom I will share um, a social evening and a glass of something nice, which I really am looking forward to. But it's also from an artistic point of view, because there is nothing like going around and looking at all the different styles and all the different approaches and getting inspiration from them. And I mean, you're, nobody's ever going to recreate another artist, but you might see a technique that you get excited by. Um, I, I remember being very excited last year by Rolf uh, Schroeter's um, technique of using very very thin paper in his sketchbooks and a very uh, bleedy marker um, that that was black and then kind of bled around the side. No, do you know what he wasn't? He wasn't using a marker. I beg your pardon, Hulf. He was using um, um, a brush pen and ink. So of course it runs out every now and then. And I, do you know what? I have a brush pen. I have two brush pens, Kuretake brush pens, and you can fill them up with ink. You can put a cartridge in them, but you can also um, you can also just use them as a dip pen if you want to. And of course, you're going to run out of ink. So it can make a very expressive line to have these strong lines and then these very, very, um, these very, very faded greyish lines. And uh, Rolf uses these this really thin paper that is almost transparent. And it, 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 it bleeds through to the page on the other side just about a little bit. And it just looks so impressive. And he does these um, sketches of Berlin by night. Um, I'm sure he does Berlin by day as well and lots of other things. But he had a wonderful book that I in fact bought um, about his sketches of Berlin by night. It's a beautiful book and I bought it and I'm so happy I got it. He sometimes uses a highlighter pen, if you don't mind, just to pick out the occasional spots of colour. I'm just going to see, can I put my hands on it? No, I can't see it right now. I actually took it out the other day and now I don't know what I did with it. But it is a fantastic book. Um, it is in German and I don't speak German, but Rolf has very, very smartly and cleverly um, included a QR code at the front of the book so that you can get the translation into a number of different languages, one of which, no doubt, you'll be able to read and understand. Um, so that was Wolf. And then there was there there was there was an awful lot of other people there last year. Tazab, my fr French friend from um, Clermont-Ferrand. Tazab is incredible. He's just incredible. And he he did this beautiful book on um, the, the Dordogne, the river that's 
uh, the River Dordogne that, that flows from the mountains out to the sea. And he, he made a journey along the Dordogne and he painted as he went and sketched. And he uses an A6 Hanamula watercolour sketchbook um, for many of those sketches. And he gives them a little frame around the edge. And even though he's working on a tiny page, he makes it tinier again by giving it this little frame. And it means that he can get a full sketch in a very short amount of time, which is important when you're, I suppose, trying to get to the next place to, you know, rest your head for the night. Um, so that was super inspiring. And his style is just so beautiful. He has a lyrical and fresh style. and His work is always very vibrant, very real and always full of good humour. Tazab is nothing if not um, full of good humour. He's, he's, he's wonderfully upbeat and a, a, a joy to spend time with. Um, so that's Tazab's. And then, and then Matt, Matt Lett from Paris, he did a stunning um, collection of pandemic drawings um, when he was stuck in his little apartment in Paris. And he called the book 28 Square Metres, which is what his apartment was, um, which was a genius name for his book and a really superb collection of um, observations on the on location observations of life um, in lockdown. So... Uh, very different from my book of sketches of life in lockdown, which um, which I haven't published. I might do yet, um, which is all about the idyllic life of the countryside in the summer in Ireland in good weather with your nuclear family around you, your kids. For me, it was a really, really special time um, of just spending really special time. With my, my, my three almost grown children time that I would never have had um, any other way. And we became really, really close as a family following um, following that. But I digress once more. That is nothing to do with going to Rendezvous Carnet de Voyage, where I will come back fully inspired. Do you know what I'm thinking of doing, actually? I'm thinking of bringing um, a sketchbook type of affair that I can draw cartoons in. So, um, yeah, that's my plan. I, I, I'm, I did it for Inktober. Um, as you know, I published my little book of cartoons for Inktober and uh, it's actually on my website now. Um, it's not seven euros. Much as I want to keep it down to seven euros, I've had to put it at ten because of um because of the shipping brackets. The shipping brackets. They they the shipping is very expensive, as I'm sure you're all aware around the world. And even though it's only a small little booklet, um, it's it's just one of those things that I. I couldn't do it, including the shipping for a tenner, but at least it does include the shipping anywhere in the world for 10 euros. So um, there is that. There is that. And um, and my members will get a discount as well. So there is that. There is that as well. So um, so, guys, listen, I want to uh, I'm going to be podcasting from Clermont Ferrand in English, of course. Hopefully I'll throw in an old French one after I get back or maybe when I'm there, when I'm still in the Frenchy kind of a mindset. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm going to be streaming um, the rendezvous for my for my members when I'm there. So um, they'll they'll be getting a they'll be getting a first hand taste of what it's like um, to attend a, um, a a a meeting of the Travel Sketchbooks Conference. And I'll be their personal translator and personal guide. Um, I'm also going to be teaching from Clermont Ferrand. Um, but that'll be just for my members because it's just one of the perks that they are getting. So that's going to be kind of exciting as well. I can't wait, actually. It's going to be the usual time, Saturday afternoon, um, two o'clock GMT. So it'll be three o'clock local French time that I that I that I do my little piece. And uh, yeah, I, 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 it should be fun. It should be fun. So. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, you can always join. You can always join your mem- membership if you want to. It's um, 
It's very good value. But anyway, that's not what I am telling you now. I'm just telling you that there is nothing like looking at different people's styles to get inspired and to get ideas for your own approach. Um, and that's the joy and the beauty of sharing um, sharing, sharing work and showing each other our work because you never know what way your creativity is going to go. As Paddy was saying earlier, um, you just you just don't don't know who you are uh, as a sketcher. I don't know if he was saying that actually because we did lose a huge segment when the anchor app didn't work, so it might have been in the bit that got lost. But what he and I were saying together earlier was um, that you just don't know where you're going as a sketcher, and there aren't any rules. Um, and it's just, it's your creative playground. It's your creative playground. And I think that's what Rendezvous, Carnet de Voyage is partly about. It's about having this creative playground and which, as you know, I'm all in favour of. Um, and yes, it's telling a story. Yes, it's trying to talk about something to do with travel. And of course, my little book on Carnet de Voyage will in fact be a Carnet de Voyage about the Carnet de Voyage, won't it? Haha. So uh, yeah, so look, at, I'll leave it at that. And I will just remind you, if you get the chance to, um, to, 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 to go and visit something, whether it's a book festival or, a, or an art exhibition, whatever it is, just go, you know, kill a rainy Sunday and uh, go and make, make something fabulous out of it. Um, because I think it's always worth, worth the effort. Well, I'm sitting in Lockray, sorry, not Lockray, where Paddy is having his driving, te- his driving lesson. He's not having his test yet. So we've made it this far. It's absolutely tipping down outside. So I don't know if you can hear the rain on the roof of the car, but it's really, really bad conditions. I've made Paddy bring his glasses with him to his driving lesson so that his lovely driving instructor can tell him whether he's going to absolutely fail his driving test if he doesn't have his glasses with him so hopefully he'll get used to driving with glasses in the pouring rain and everything will be fine so i'm i can't put into words how delighted i am to have had paddy with me and with us um in this 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 episode and uh we really do love our little sketching outings together and we have another one lined up for today for after his sketching um not his sketching his driving lesson so uh I'll get back to you in a little bit, tell you how we got on. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but I don't have a sketch to tell you about. Paddy and I thought better of sketching this afternoon after his driving lesson. It was raining heavily. We had been out all morning. We had been driving in the heavy rain and we were about to drive some more in the heavy rain. So instead of sketching... We were both feeling very uninspired in the cafe that we went to, which is a very nice place and had lovely food, but it just wasn't kicking in for either of us to sketch. And besides, I'd left my sketching bag in the car on the far side of the uh, car park in the pouring rain, as had Paddy. So instead, we had a lovely lunch and some more lovely coffee. And I guess we don't always we don't always have the urge to sketch. But next time, I'm sure. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. Well, just to remind you of the titles of those books, there's Rolf Schroeter's book, Night Sketches in Kantstrasse, um, June 2020 to July 2021. A really gorgeous book. So Rolf Schroeter, S-C-H-R-O, umlaut, T-E-R, or instead of an umlaut, they put O-E together. So that's Rolf Schroeter. Schröter, I don't know how to pronounce it since I don't speak German. Then the second one I mentioned is by Tazab, 
and it is called Dordogne de la Source à l'Océan. Dordogne from the source to the ocean. And that is published by Edition Elitis. So it's, I think it's E-L-Y-T-I-S. Um, you, you'll find you'll find that there. That's in French and Rolf's one is in German, but it's got a QR code at the very front page that will take you to the English or the French translation, which is very exciting. I must do that. I haven't done it yet and I'm, I really will do it. And the third book I mentioned is Matt Lett's book, 28 Metres Square, Carnet uh, de, de la Confinement or Du Confinement. I can't remember if it's masculine or feminine, but um, 28 Square Metres um, it's a, a lockdown sketchbook is what it translates as and that's by Matt Lett M-A-T-L-E-T and all three books are full of inspiration inspiration and give you a truly artistic look on what could be considered a very I don't know I suppose everyday surrounding the countryside the city city of Berlin and one's own one's own apartment but through the eyes of these artists they become something very magical Paddy Curie has started his Instagram account and he calls it Paddy Curie Sketch so Paddy P-A-D-D-Y C-U-R-E S-K-E-T-C-H so Paddy Curie Sketch and no doubt Paddy will um, upload some of his sketches to that Instagram account and you'll be able to see some of them um and they'll all be there for you to enjoy. Of course, you know where to find me, Roisin Curie on Instagram and RoisinCurie.com, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's my, my website. And I would like to uh, remind you that my two, let's say, city books, An Urban Sketchers Galway and Dublin in Sketches and Stories, they make really gorgeous Christmas presents for someone who loves art, for someone who loves Ireland or for someone who loves Galway or Dublin in particular. And they're absolutely full to the brim of colour sketches and tons of really um, lively text, if I say so myself. Because the people who spoke to me on the streets, well, they're pretty lively folk. So um, so I just wrote down verbatim, I suppose, more or less, what they said to me. And in the Dublin book, in, in, in the case of my Dublin book, some of that, that information that was given to me verbatim was from my dear brother, who was my historian guide throughout from start to finish. So you'll get a lovely history of Dublin in the Dublin book. And the Galway book costs 20, I think it's 23 euros on my website, which is, I think, extremely good value. It's published by Curric Press, who did a really beautiful job. And my Dublin book costs 25 euros and is published by Merion Press. And they did a beautiful job as well. Both fabulous companies that make truly beautiful books so both of those books can be got through my website um i also of course have my the urban sketching handbook drawing expressive people and i think that one might cost it's either 15 or 16 euros i can't remember which but i will happily send that on anywhere in the world it's a very small and light book so it won't set you back much in in terms of postage and finally of course you have my inktober book which is a little bit of fun and it's for the quirky person in your life or indeed yourself um what else can i tell you well i suppose this episode this particular episode today it's been a very special one for me because i am so proud to have had as my very first guest on the podcast my son paddy who is just the best fellow and a great sketching companion um 
Who knows, but he might pop his head up again sometime soon and chat to you about some other topic because he's 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 very interesting. He's full of all sorts of interesting um, things and interesting takes on the world. Not least life in Limerick as a second year engineering student. So I am going to wish you a very uh, happy, <laughs> a very happy week of sketching until I speak to you again, hopefully from France. Um, I'm going to be podcasting in France and I'm going to be teaching in France and I'm going to be streaming in France. And I think the Beaujolais Nouveau is going to come out sometime um, over the next 10 days or so. And wouldn't it be nice if I managed to capture that in ink and watercolour and maybe share with you a little bit of uh, some of those sketches through Instagram or whatever. But just stick, stick around with me for the next 10 days and certainly on Instagram I'll have tons of um, little bits and pieces of of France for you um, which you can enjoy vicariously of course there's the rugby match next Sunday Um, France I believe are taking part the only reason I know that is because I asked Paddy Paddy knows about rugby Um, Paddy gave me a phrase what did he say he said it's a phrase to say during a rugby match that can be applied to any situation at all I've forgotten it now what was it Um, it all went well until the breakdown Something like that. I can't remember. But it's moot anyway because I don't know how to say it in French. I barely know how, how to say it in English and I certainly don't know how to say it in French. So uh, hopefully I'll spend um, the match next Sunday in the company of some of my wonderful rugby-loving French friends over in Clermont-Ferrand, which after all is a rugby city. So um, so yeah, hopefully tons of tons of cultural interesting stuff will, will happen um, that I might be able to share with you. So Enjoy the rest of November because I will be gone until the end of this month, um, the end of November. And I I will hopefully have lots of tales to tell. And in the meantime, I wish you as always happy sketching. (coughs) 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 I hate when I get a cough. (coughs) 